everyone. Welcome to Music Discovery Today. So in this show, we're going to be speaking to industry insiders about how they're dealing with lockdown, how they're being impacted in their workplace, and also some tips for emerging artists on how you can get on their radar during COVID-19. My name is Somia Krishnamurthy, and I'm a music journalist. I also curate rap at SoundCloud, so I get a lot of your links that you're sending over. And I'm super excited to be joined by Georgette Klein, editorial site director of XXL, and Roger Gango, founder of Masked Gorilla, Unmasked Concert Series, and Masked Records. And I can tell you, between the two of them, they've interviewed everyone from superstars to the hottest emerging artists. So I think they're gonna give us a lot of advice and insight on really how you can get paid attention to during this lockdown. What's up, Georgette? Roger, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good, how's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, look, the industry is in lockdown and I know the media industry has definitely been hit. So before we kind of get into how it's impacting you, let's kind of just give a quick intro. I mean, Georgette, tell us a little bit about how you got to what you're doing now at XXL and what you're kind of doing day to day over there. Got you. Um, I'll kind of give the <laughs> the short, short and sweet version. Um, you know, I came into the game interning at Vibe Magazine. It literally was like my dream since I was like 16, I used to work in a, a Kmart and literally go to like the magazine and, and um, just to think like, oh, you can have this career and actually write about um, artists, you know, like I was listening to Biggie and the movies at the time and Biggie was literally on the cover of the magazine, you know? So um, I made my way to, uh, to college in New York. Um, however, I was able to, you know, I came from a family not necessarily financially well off. So um, I worked a lot of, a lot <laughs> to save money and um, came to New York and I uh, was really tenacious in trying to get an internship and I got it at Vibe. Um, I was like the super duper intern. And, you know, these days there's a lot of rules <laughs> and regulations with interning um, as far as like how many hours. So I probably, did way way more than I probably should have, um, but it paid off. I was able to, you know, get a, a free agent column, which was uh, writing about unsigned artists at the time, which was super amazing. Um, just to have that on my byline, and then you know, throughout the years, I worked in other magazines, Blackbeat and Write On. Um, when the digital shift happened, um, I saw that, and I just uh, you know went with the times, and I moved over to writing for theboombox.com, another hip hop site. I eventually became an editor there. And then I moved over to Town Square Media, launching a hip hop and uh, R&B site for them. And uh, then Town Square bought XXL and a position opened up, opened up and asked me if I wanted to join and I was more than happy to. So I've been over there for like four years, uh, doing everything from you know curating, helping to curate the freshman class uh, since, since 2016 and you know highlighting artists and amplifying their voices and just being a part of you know this brand that's been around for over 20 years yeah and i can say georgette we've worked together several times over the years and you are an amazing editor most recently we worked on a denzel curry feature together so you definitely have earned your stripes in the game and i think you're going to have a lot to bring to this convo but roger i know you have done a ton of things from discovering artists, helping amplify them, working in the live performance space. Introduce yourself for the few people who may not have heard about Mascarilla. 
Uh, hey, my name is Roger. Shout out Twitch. I think we got like 15,000 people in here right now. Uh, I yeah. spoke with- let's, let's get it up to 20, 25. Come on, keep going. I spoke with uh, Georgette prior to this call. She said if we get to 50,000, she's gonna reveal the freshman list live on air. Wow. <laughs> See, this is how fake news I'm just gets kind of I'm spread, just kidding. Fake news, fake sure. news. But anyway, <laughs> my name is Roger. I'm uh, from New York. In high school, rap blogs were a really big thing, and I was a fan of them. I noticed that the majority of them only covered top-line big names. So I started my own blog called Masquerillas strictly to cover emerging artists that maybe some of the other blogs weren't covering. In 2009, uh, in that process, I discovered Mac Miller and I did his first video interview. I did an early uh, video interview with Kendrick Lamar before he released Section 80 and he recorded an exclusive Masquerilla freestyle that later reappeared on Section 80. And I just spent years uh, writing thousands of posts and articles every month. Um, eventually the website Masquerilla was getting millions of hits a month um, and making some money. And in the same way that I saw a gap on the rap blog coverage of emerging artists, I saw a gap in live performance of these artists that I was writing about and knew at fan bases. So I started uh, the Unmasked Concert Series and I moved to LA to start it. And at first the venues wouldn't let me in. So I started in warehouses. Um, I did a early out feature show. I did Vince Staples' first headlining show. I did Young Lean's first LA show. I did one of Denzel Curry's uh, first LA shows, like back to back months, all in that first summer. And eventually the venues were like, huh, you're onto something, we'll let you in. So I partnered with uh, the Roxy in Hollywood and I produced uh, a string of 20 sold out shows there with everyone from Maxo Cream, Fredo Santana, Suicide Boys, Lil Peep, Ghost Main. And in that process from when I started the blog and then when I put my money where my mouth was and started the concert series, record labels had been hitting me up since high school to come and work and do this and do that. Uh, and as I progressed through the years, it got more serious. And um, last year I partnered with Warner Records to launch the joint venture record label, Mass Records, where so now I'm not only writing about the artists, I'm not only producing their concerts, I'm able to sign them to my own record label and uh, promote them in the way I see fit. That's amazing. And I think just your whole kind of DIY hustle and ethos is super relevant to this conversation. So I'm really interested, kind of you, the consummate hustler, how are you figuring out how to kind of handle COVID? But kind of on that note, so gee, I'd love to start with you. I mean, you're used to shadowing artists, you know, like a juice world, spending three days with him in Chicago, interviewing him, having all of this hands-on access. For you, how is kind of, you know, what's been going on with the lockdown? We're all at our homes, you know, how are you doing interviews? Are you doing interviews, you know, six feet away? Is it phoner, Zoom? Tell me a little bit just as a music journalist, what's kind of been like the big changes in your day to day? Right. So we've been doing uh, definitely not in person. <laughs> so we are uh, officially social distancing uh, to the extreme with no in-person interviews. Um, so we've done things like podcasts, uh, you know, Vanessa Satin, the editor-in-chief of XXL, along with uh, Shaheen Reed and Ramon Dukes. They uh, run our podcast, Moments of Clarity. So uh, Moments of Clarity. So we've uh, transitioned that to like a virtual space and we've had everyone from like Little Yachty to Sway Lee, um, Havoc to celebrate uh, the infamous, um, 
who else have we had? Like busy, you know, so it, it ranges from the artists from today to hip hop vets. Uh, so, you know, we're not, we're not forgetting about uh, just any, any artist from, you know, it's all with everyone basically uh, is the point here and not forget anybody. Um, but yeah, so we brought that uh, podcast to the virtual space to get interviews going. And then, you know, we'll do Zoom calls if we have to, to do listenings, um, especially for the magazine in this space. You know, we're still planning out our next issue. Um, so a lot of Zoom calls, I'm sure you guys are, uh, have had those <laughs> a lot in your life uh, since quarantine has happened. Um, that's been an adjustment too, you know, just the sense of communication. I think a lot of times when you're in an office or, you know, just able to be in person with someone, of course, that communication is the most important face to face. When you're at home and having to do the computer, G chat, you know, a lot of things can get misinterpreted sometimes, you know, so it's better to get on the phone, have a call, um, you know, Zoom when you can, for sure. So it almost looks like we're going old school, like pick up the phone, kind of have that in person or as much as in person human interaction yeah. we can have instead of kind of firing on a text or a tweet and hoping Georgia can kind of read your meaning and read between the lines. Sure. So, I mean, Roger, for you, you know, you mentioned so much of what you've done is in the live space and, you know, concerts look like they could be TBD. People are saying 2021, maybe even later, you know, when are people going to be comfortable going to a packed arena or, you know, going to the Roxy and seeing their favorite artist? What are you kind of dealing with kind of on your day to day as you're thinking about that live space? Are you looking at, you know, YouTube live or IG live or Twitch and telling artists, hey, you should go on there and perform. What are you kind of advising some of the artists that you work with? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, the safety of the fans first and the artists uh, is of the utmost importance. I'm in no rush to produce a show until everything is safe and ready to go. Uh, there was a big music event uh, that was supposed to be announced this month that I was working on this year uh, that unfortunately is pushed back. Um, and with a music series called Unmasked, I think when it finally returns and people don't have to wear masks, it will be a great moment. Uh, but for the time being, it definitely, yeah, I mean, Instagram Live and Twitch, I just think every week you need to be thinking of something new. I think at first, when the quarantine was, you know, first announced, I think Code Orange, the band, they did a live stream from a venue that was empty. Uh, and we've seen more uh, like Instagram live performances. But I think artists just need to get creative and, you know, try and present something new to keep the fans engaged because it is definitely getting oversaturated. Absolutely. Well, I'm taking a look at the chat room right now and Little Machete 954 had a good point. He said, he or she said, you know, are we going to be wearing masks at concerts? And that's a really real question. I mean, what do you think, Roger? Do you think people would come to shows, you know, with the full mask situation? Or do you really think that people want to wait till it's 100% clear? And oh, do you have your own branded masks? Yes. See, okay. he's a hustler. I told you guys. There we go. I got mask gorilla mask, so you can wear a mask with a gorilla wearing a mask on it on your mask at shop.maskgorilla.com with a portion okay. of the proceeds going to like mask match. 
Yeah. Uh, mask at concerts. I mean, if, if we're still having to wear masks at concerts, it's not a great sign to me. Uh, I mean, I'm personally in no rush to go to a concert. Uh, if there's something proposed by the scientists and people who know more than me, then let's go. But I mean, uh, definitely safety first. For sure. Well, on that note, keep kind of putting in your questions in the chat and we'll be kind of picking some of the best ones to answer throughout this conversation. So, you know, when it comes to sort of artists getting their music heard, even during a regular time, it's so hard, right? It feels like all of us are bombarded with, you know, listen to my mixtape links. Here's a link, here's a link, here's a link. And it's hard. So I guess, you know, for each of you, what are you kind of using right now when it comes to artist discovery? Georgette, I'll start with you. Is it kind of still looking at press releases from labels? Are you, you know, spending a lot of time on, you know, like SoundCloud, digging through what's going on there? What's kind of catching your ear and what platform specifically are you using? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, definitely, you know, I get bombarded and I try to answer as many emails and, and listen and look uh, as much as I can when it comes to, uh, you know, publicists or managers and whoever is reaching out. So definitely I, I do take the time. I'm not one of those people who, you know, just ignores emails because you know, I, w I was there at that time, even on the other end of like just pitching to people and never got responses back. So even if for whatever reason we can't cover an artist, you know, I try to even just let them know, you know, it now now may not be the right time to just keep us posted on what the artist has going on in their career. Um, because you never know, the artist that might have like a small following and a song that has not a lot of streams, like in a week, it, you know, we know <laughs> it can, um, you know, totally change their their dynamic. But, um, you know, I I look at SoundCloud, of course. I look at um, the Spotify. I look at um, YouTube, of course. And then, uh, you know, word of mouth is so important. Like, I, people may not think it is or it isn't. You know, I'm not sure what the, the verdict is these days because I know a lot of a lot of times it's all about streams and this and that. But Word of mouth is so important. And then looking at some of the artists that you also love and looking at who's around them. Like, you know, you have people like, if you like Ski Master Slump God, you're gonna know that like Danny Towers is like a super dope rapper. Um, if you like Juice World, you're gonna know that uh, the Kid Leroy is another awesome rapper who's like full of melody as well. And, and these are artists who are not as big, um, you know, as the aforementioned artists that I, that I discussed but you know they have immense talents as well so um you know it's it hasn't changed much as to where i'm looking and you know that pretty much stays the same um but definitely i think word of mouth is always important just keeping your eyes and ears open and also just being open you know i see a lot of times people say that um you know the there's no good new music out or this and that i mean i don't think we would be in the business we're in Roger, you know, Tomia, yourself, me, if there was no good music out here, you know, and um, I see people say that a lot. So just mentally, you have to be open, you know, uh, your your mind and just, um, you know, things are not always how they've been, you know, music has changed and just be open to hearing something different because you never know if you're going to like it or not. Absolutely. And, you know, I think even sort of you know, one of the questions that's come in for you, Roger, is this idea of, you know, someone who's building their own brand, right? So 
in the media space, they're building a brand, they see someone like you, like, how can I do what he's doing? You have the live shows, you have the, you know, the record partnership, you have your own brand of masks, you know, all of these things going on. <laughs> For those people who really are kind of entrepreneurial, what sort of, you know, how do you feel like, you know, what platforms should they sort of be investing in? Because there's so many, right? And it's like, should they be on everything? Are there certain places that you really think that it's going to be the most impactful for them to be on? Yeah, I think anyone trying to start their own brand, whether it's a website, concert series, podcast, I mean, even the record label one day, uh, I would, the advice would be is just to do it. Don't wait for a media outlet to let you get an internship and then you can maybe grab someone's coffee and then a year later you can write articles. Just start your own blog. Like you can still get that internship and that's great, but start your own blog, write your own articles, throw your own show in a warehouse. Just go out there and take it and don't wait for anyone's permission to let you do it. Um, I mean, and yes, I, you know, thankfully, I found some success, but I started Mascarella when I was 17 in 2009 and it's 2020. And how many years is that? It's been 11 years and I'm still personally only 1% of where I eventually want to be. Uh, you just have to be in it for the long haul. You have to go at it every single day. I published over 20,000 articles on Mascarella before I even, you know, was like making money from it really. Um, you just have to be persistent and at the root of it, you need to love what you're doing because if you don't, it's going to feel like a job and a job you're probably not even getting paid for for the first few years. So that's no fun. Uh, but in terms of specific platforms, uh, you know, like maybe blogging isn't the way to go uh, currently. Like maybe you start a podcast, uh, you do Instagram live sessions. I would say just trying to broaden your audience however that's possible whether that's interviewing artists who has a couple of thousand followers and you ask them to share the link and just starting small and just realizing that it's a long haul and it's going to take a while absolutely well kind of on that point right i think because everyone is in quarantine some people are working from home some have school from home or college from home I feel now is such a great time to invest in whatever your passion is, right? Whether it is starting a podcast or just kind of getting your own byline game up. I mean, there's really no better time because we really have nothing to do, but, you know, invest because, you know, there's no more excuses, right? So I do think coming out of this, we might see a whole new generation of, you know, really these kind of DIY entrepreneurs, which is really exciting. So insofar as kind of content, right? Because right now everyone, it's hard to be inspired or, you know, you turn on the news and it's depressing and you're like, what should my music even be about? For each of you, what's kind of your advice for artists insofar as content? Do you want to see stuff with like deeper meaning, kind of bigger sort of like societal takeaways? Or are you looking for fun music? Because, you know, we also need that distraction. And sometimes you just want to forget what's going on and just have a good time. So kind of for each of you, I'd love to know, what are you looking for when this new music is coming out out of lockdown? Is it going to be this impactful, big human anthems? Is it going to be turn up? Like, what are you guys looking for specifically? Uh, I think that there's room for both. And uh, I would love to hear both you know, uh, from what you just mentioned, like the impactful storytelling, you know, what I've been going through, how this whole 
uh, quarantine and coronavirus situation has affected you know their life i think that's one thing that we haven't seen from the bigger artists and please correct me if i'm wrong uh, i just am not aware of it that no one's really come out with like the freestyle to talk about like what's going on to uh that's going on like right now and um you know whether it goes viral or not um i did see uh let me correct myself uh i believe his name is axel leon he did a he did a dope uh freestyle Coronavirus and there was a video attached to it. Um, but, you know, he's not necessarily as big as some of the artists that, you know, we may put on these pedestals to look to look for that, you know? And that speaks, those bigger artists speak to the, the mainstream and, you know, how are we getting through these times? Through music, that's what happens uh, a lot. And it helps us in our bad days when we have anxiety. I'm sure, you know, mental health is a huge thing. It's mental health uh, awareness month this month too and you know music helps all of us in in each way so one thing i think at least i haven't really seen is a lot of people speaking about the situation now not that they have to but uh, it's something you personally i would love to see more of you know the, the party rock and turn up bangers you know we we get those a lot uh, i think there's room for both of those of course to exist but who doesn't like to celebrate you know life and have fun <laughs> uh but you know i think there's a balance, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to do both of those for sure. Yeah, I think the balance is really important. And, you know, it has to be organic to the artist, right? Like, I think we want artists who sort of already talk about sort of meaningful things to say something meaningful. But if you've never, that's really not your lane, is now the time? I don't know. I mean, what about you, Roger? Like, when you're listening to music during sort of COVID, are you looking for some kind of like a deeper meaning? What's sort of kind of moving you in that sort of very visceral way? I mean, absolutely not, to be completely honest. I think most people view music as an escape. And the last thing I want to hear is Playboy Cardi rapping about quarantine. Uh, with that being said, maybe someone like Kendrick Lamar, <clears throat> a la like his song, All Right, which, you know, turned into an anthem for protests over the past few years, like that could be impactful. But I think when quarantine first started, uh, like that first weekend after checking in on family and friends and making sure everyone's okay, I had this goal of I'm gonna learn a new language, I'm gonna buy a home gym, like I'm gonna get buff and I'm gonna learn like all this new stuff. And then reality sets in of like, oh wait, we're all, well not all, but we're working like me in the music industry, there's Zoom calls all day and I'm working more than ever since everyone's home and available. And I think it's the same for the general public, uh, like the people that are working, the people that are still taking care of their family, the people who are like trying to figure out a way how they can pay their rent the next month. Uh, I think still like music's an escape for people and they just want to hear their favorite artists release songs that they like. And it would be great if someone could put out an impactful song, but it's definitely not something I'm searching for. For sure. Definitely. And it looks like Obi Aaron also agrees with you. Playboy Cardi shouldn't be rapping about quarantine. So there you go. You got a co-sign there. Um, but, you know, I do think that now could be an interesting time for artists just to kind of explore a little, right? I mean, you saw when Drake dropped his, you know, uh, Tusi slide when you have Travis working with Fortnite. I do think now is a cool time for creators 
to try something new, right? Don't you kind of feel now in some ways the stakes are lower? So if Playboy Cardi does want to drop, you know, a 20 song, deep moments, significant life story, maybe it is interesting, Roger. I mean, what do you think about artists kind mm -hmm. of experimenting no i'm seeing a shaking head now no 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 first and foremost yes playboy cardi needs to drop i want more music from him asap please but two uh, <laughs> yes where is it but i really like the point that you made about drake in that music video because that moment and that video and the song it was a quarantine song but it wasn't about quarantine and i think that was an incredible way that he approached it to where it was more of like a, we're all stuck inside, here's something fun. And it wasn't like a preachy, I'm like a rich worth 150 mil talking about like struggles of quarantine. Like he approached it in an incredibly smart way. Uh, I think there was some blowback when like the first week, all those uh, like actors released that cover of that song and people were kind of mad about it. Um, so I just think it has to yeah. be done in, in the right Imagine. way. But, but yeah, well, I think definitely. you make a good point, right? Like you don't want to be tone deaf, right? Like you still right. want to respect the situation, but then how do you kind of also have fun? I mean, kind of in that note, like what's really for you guys, what's standing out when you're discovering new artists? And, you know, Georgette, I know you're in the thick of 2020, double XL freshman. Everyone knows that's the list. The artists want to get on. When they don't get on, they get really mad about it. And when they do get on, they're super happy. Like it's a big deal in the industry. Talk a little bit about just sort of how that process is changing now that we're in lockdown. Uh, well, I can't, I can't speak too much on uh, freshman itself and, um, you know, the 2020 class, but I can speak to, you know, some of the things that we look for with, you know, while we're thinking about like even the artists who, um, got on the freshman voting page um, and came into our office. And, you know, that, that, I'm not really sure what people know of how how much music that we do, how many people come into our office, and um, you know it, it's really really hands on. Uh, we are face to face with these artists. We uh, it starts in like January, you know, and and we go for months and months <laughs> and um, meet with uh, a lot of artists. I, I, can't even say the number, it's just a lot. Um, but in things that we look for, I mean, what what's your story, you know? Like you, you have to have some type of, you have to have some type of a, a story for the most part, you know, sometimes people don't have a story and they still win. So uh, me, me personally, you know, I, I look for, you know, like what's your story? Like where where have you come from? Um, you know, what what is the music kind of, based on uh sometimes that doesn't necessarily matter with the music but it helps to tell the story you know like if you're if you're just like vapid you know emotionless have like nothing to kind of share within your content i think i think it shows you know you may have one good song two good songs but if there's nothing kind of based on that um you know what what's the what's the story behind you as a person and then kind of within your music and, and are you able to share that because it also inspires people did you come from, um, you know, a broken family, or did you come from um, a single, you know, family household where you know you were a breadwinner to help your mama? You know, th those things um, help and they inspire people as well. But you know, first and foremost, it's good music. You know, um, what does the production sound like? You know, lyrics 
can be amazing, but the production carries it uh, most times. You know, producers sometimes don't always get the credit that they deserve too because it go, you know it goes hand in hand. So uh, production definitely um, a story to be told within your music, um, and just you know I guess like can like where where can this music translate? Like is it is it for the club? Is it for the car? You know um, where is it gonna uh, like to Roger's point, like help me escape in life, uh, you know, that that also helps too. Well, I know Roger, you were really kind of one of the first, like you said, working with people like the Mac Millers of the world, like Peep, like Yachty. You get a lot of artists coming to you and they all think they have a story, right? Like I'm interesting, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, recreating the wheel, I'm the best to ever do it that's a lot. And at some point, how do you just sieve through? Like, is it one of those things you have to meet someone? Do you watch their videos? Like, how do you sort of get that story that Georgette mentioned is so important, actually the person behind the song? Yeah, I think something to remember for artists is that story isn't going to be there from the first day. It's something that as you grow as a person and an artist, it hopefully will form around you. Um, but I remember me and Lil Peep happened to be from the same town in New York. Uh, we went to the same high school. And a few years after he was getting really popular, I remember kids from our hometown, a few of them were trying. It's like, oh, well, if he did it, then I can do it too. Like, why does nobody want to listen to me? And they didn't, like, realize or do the research of he's been doing this for years. He you know, started with nothing. He went to Colorado and lived in a house with his friends for three months and like they played their own shows and like he established this core group of uh, collaborators around him. And I think that's the thing that like every emerging artist needs to realize is that like it just takes time to have your platform uh, evolve and also the story around you to evolve. It's not going to happen in one day. I think like, like if somebody is going to school to be a plumber, they don't go outside of a hardware store and be like, why don't I have a hardware store? Like, where's my hardware store? Cause they can actually see this is a physical building that took time and money to build. But when a fan on the internet is looking at an artist uh, from the outside looking in, it might seem like it just sprouted up one day. Uh, and I think that's the perspective that's crucial is just to remember that this is a long haul. It's a long journey. Like you're not going to start out from the first day with an incredible story. I mean, maybe you are, but it's gonna take time to really like establish that. Right. For sure. I mean, and I think, you know, we've gotten a few questions from like producers and beat makers. What is your kind of advice for them, right? Because I think that hip hop, especially so many artists rely heavily on the producers, you know, whether it be Murder Beats or Hip Boy or T-minus or whomever. But now it's a little hard because, you know, everyone is separated. Do you want to see more emerging artists either self-producing or working with new producers? Or do you guys still think having a bigger name is going to be important to kind of break through for a lot of new artists? I don't think so. I think, uh, I think now more than ever, like people have to be open to collaboration. Like you don't need to have a big name. It's just, is the music, is the music good or not, you know? Um, I would love to see more bigger artists uh, work with producers who don't necessarily have a bigger name because, you know, I've, we, we get people who, um, you know, send us beats for 
the freshman uh, ciphers, you know, we go through those. And, you know, sometimes depending on the artist, you know, they may, they pick a beat and they, and they like it. Um, and I'm sure that particular artist um, doesn't necessarily know about that producer. A lot of times they're not um, with us on, sh on shoot days, but you know, that's a big win for those producers who have gotten their beat, you know, put in something like a freshman cipher. Um, and they don't necessarily have any, any big name attached to them at all, you know? So I would love to see that more. And I don't think you need to have a huge name. I mean, it's like what Roger mentioned, you know, your story comes as you grow as an artist. So of course you get this big name along the way and that's why you're able to, you know, have like a Metro Boomin and 21 Savage, Savage Mode 2, you know, we're waiting, we're waiting for that. Uh, those great moments, but you know, you can make amazing music with an artist who's already, you know, up top and have a producer who may not be, you know, a household name and still come out with a, a hit. For sure. So I'm just looking at the chat. So Sweaty Squeaker, can I get a shout out? That's your shout out. Um, Obi had a great point about followers. So how important is it for you guys when you're looking at someone's Instagram followers, their Twitter followers, how many subs they have on, you know, YouTube, what kind of views are they getting on Twitch? I mean, I feel Roger, a lot of the artists you work with, that's one of their big selling points, right? Like I'm popping on the gram. So clearly I need to be in front of your face for you. Is that metric important or if not, why? I would say it's the opposite. Uh, Mascaro was the first blog to cover Lil Yachty, and at the time he only had 5,000 followers. And to uh, George S. Point, he was working with his friend who's a producer. He wasn't working with some huge producer, and they created their own sound. Uh, I just signed an artist to Mass Records who had under 3,000 followers at the time. Uh, so for me personally, and the very specific thing that I'm doing of trying to find an artist first, it's not important. Uh, even if they only have a thousand followers, you can still tell if they have a good idea of what their brand is and the engagement on the post. If they have a thousand followers and each post is still getting 125 likes, that's great engagement. Um, but obviously when it comes to picking an XXL freshman list, that's incredibly important. And, you know, that's what makes it hard. Uh, I went in with, uh, the first artist assigned to Mass Records, 2K Baby. I was in the XXL office for his freshman pitch, uh, in early February, pretty much right before quarantine. And they were just saying like, we've heard, you know, there's been like hundred in the past few weeks. And so, I mean, maybe you can speak to how those followers, you know, affect all that. Yeah. What about you, uh, G? I mean, obviously nowadays, Instagram, YouTube, I mean, these are numbers we're seeing publicists pitching, managers pitching kind of as the first line, even before you hit the bio, how important are follower numbers for you? Yeah, I, I think um, they, they are a factor, but it's not necessarily like what is the determining factor overall, you know, um, engagement is a huge thing. You know, people can say that I have X amount of followers, but are they real followers? Are they followers, uh, what's the engagement? with um uh, with that following that you <laughs> was that engagement um with that following that you do have you know who is tuned in uh when you do those instagram lives like are those numbers going up you know and maybe that can kind of weed out who has the followers or not um you know how many bots do you have uh, not that we're necessarily looking at bots but you know it's um we do 
we do look at those things because it's important to see like who jumps, you know, if we're considering artists for something and not necessarily just freshmen, but you know, the new artists, like whether it's the break as well, you know, what are, what are their streaming numbers like? Like we're going on SoundCloud, looking at um, the numbers on there to see like this song that we saw two weeks ago, you know, how has it grown? Uh, even though it was on our radar then, how has it grown over the last, um, you know, two months? So it it is a factor. It doesn't determine um, everything by any means, but you know, it definitely helps um, to kind of gauge, you know, certain metrics. And I think engagement is is an important part of that. Like I mentioned, because you know, you can have these numbers that can be inflated, and you know, it doesn't necessarily. And we can see that. through that. And I think people don't realize people in the industry. We look at your followers, but if your post gets 10 likes, either your followers hate you or something is going on, right? And we kind of know all the behind the scenes secret sauce, people buying followers or inflating what is it, the follow me, I'll follow you, then I unfollow you. So it looks like I'm more popular. Um, so I think your point in, of engagement is spot on where there's the number, but are your fans really engaging? Do they really like you? Um, and I think Roger, you can speak to it on the live side, right? You see some artists who have so many streams, but they can't sell out their living room. So you kind of see it even on the live side of who's really popping. Can they sell out a show in their hometown? Can they sell out a show across the country? Speak a little bit about that. Cause I know, you know, in hip hop, a lot of times people forget like that live part of your career is so important, not just as a revenue stream, but just building a fan base. Yeah, and I think fan bases are, all fan bases aren't the same. You can have, I mean, Rick Ross is one of the most popular rappers, but for whatever reason, he doesn't tour too frequently. Uh, but you can have a rapper who has 20,000 followers and they're selling out uh, like 500 seat venues. I think fan bases and the engagement of how those fans interact with you is all completely separate. And that's, you know, one of the hard parts for me is trying to, if I'm doing someone's first headlining show, there's nothing to look back on to see if they can sell these tickets. Uh, so you really need to like, you know, check the engagement and check the stats and whatnot. But that's why I wouldn't put too much emphasis on followers when you're first starting. Like I would make sure you can get five of your friends to the show and then the next show get 15 and then the next show get 30 and just build from there. Uh, cause having a core foundation of a fan base that actually cares about you, whether that's a, a thousand people or 10,000 is way more valuable than having a million followers that don't really interact with you and they don't purchase merch and they don't go to your shows, but they heard your song on the radio once. So they followed you, you know? Uh, so I wouldn't, I know it's hard, like emerging artists want to compare themselves to established artists, but try not to when you first start and just focus on getting an engaged fan base regardless of how small that is at first and i think that kind of you know you see the true engaged fan bases right where they may not have a huge radio hit they may not be a household name but their numbers are consistent and as people in the industry we see that right we see how your first week numbers looked compared to your second week we go to the show how many people bought a ticket if everyone just wanted to be put on the list that doesn't really bode too well for your career. How many people want to buy your merch? So I think that's a great point of still focusing on building something organic, not kind of comparing 
how many IG followers do you have compared to, you know, Kylie Jenner and Selena Gomez? Because right. I feel like, like you're never going to hit those numbers. And that essentially what was the foundation of SoundCloud rap. It was this alternative scene happening on SoundCloud that was being ignored by the greater music industry and media landscape. But what propelled it to having the name SoundCloud rap and being on the mainstream stage and like having some of the artists in the freshman class and being in the uh, New York Times is that their fan bases were so engaged that they forced the issue and they forced their way there. And that was like the rallying call around like the breakthrough of the underground SoundCloud rap community to just being a part of like the mainstream music audience. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, our freshman class uh, would not necessarily be the classes that it is probably from like 2016 and on without SoundCloud. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, kind of on that front, I would love to know what are you guys listening to right now during lockdown? Any new artists that are kind of catching your ear or even, you know, big major label projects that have just kind of gotten you through this? I know I've been listening to a lot of Rod Wave, but I'd love to know what's kind of on your guys's, um, you know, playlists. Um, yeah, I just got put on to uh, Bankroll Hayden. Uh, he's an artist out of uh, Modesto, California. He's young, I believe he's like 18, um, you know, just coming up. But, he, you know, he has a that kind of like melodic rap wave going on. And his his story is interesting because um, his song, 29, I believe, it's actually based off a true story. Like when he was 16, I think he got into like a near fatal car accident. Um, a, a driver, I, I assume it was his friend, and um, he was in the backseat. When he woke up, uh, he woke up in the hospital, and unfortunately, the driver of the car had uh, crashed into another vehicle, and the people in the other vehicle died. So he ended up uh, being hospital bound, and I think that just adds to his story. I mean, the, the song "29" itself is a is a rap like all about that. So it kind of just intrigued me to get to like look into his music even more. Um, and then his uncle Rika is with the Kid Leroy. He has a remix for that, so that's pretty good. Um, that's somebody with me that I've been, um, you know, paying attention to. And then, you know, Juice World, that song Righteous that just dropped. I'm looking forward to his new music. Of course, the album. Um, so much music. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But definitely. What about you, Roger? What's kind of on your playlist right now? Your artists, yeah, I mean, other artists, what are you checking out? Yeah, so I mean, I listen to at least 100 new artists every single day. I just make it a point of my day to wake up, and that's the first thing I do. Uh, anyone in this chat, you can go to twitter.com slash mascarilla and reply to my latest tweet with your SoundCloud link, and I will literally listen to it. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of those links. I'm listening to 2K Baby. He just put out a his first project on mass records warner records called pre-game rituals uh awesome. i've recently thank you so much yeah but i mean listening to a lot of rap but then for sure uh i just stumbled upon porches who uh he's been around for a while he's like an indie rock act and his new album ricky music i'm in love with and i'm listening to every single day and i just ordered the vinyl because i love it so much uh so 
I'm listening to everything. Send me links, please. For sure. Also, um, if you guys haven't checked out Abby Jasmine, she dropped a, a project on 420 called Who Cares. She's really dope. She's a cinematic, uh, she's a group artist. And uh, it's like, you know, she's a rapper, but it's going more off the singing lane. I thought she uh, put out a really solid project with that. So Roger, I'm a little scared for you. Send me links, but you know, that's what he said. So any creators please. who are watching right now, please hit up at Mascarilla and send him links because he wants to hear your music. <laughs> it is no, already so, going crazy. We got yeah, that's really the best thing, That's there the best you go. And well, on, on that front, Georgia, are you someone who likes to be, you know, hit up on social media? I know it's a little different when you work at a publication because you have publicists and managers who kind of have like that protocol. Or do you like artists just kind of hitting you on Twitter or IG? Yeah, I mean, any I'm always open to, uh, you know, listening to new music. If anyone is interested, you know, in sending, they can always send to the uh, main double XL. Email xxl at xxlmag.com. You know, we check that out as well. Um, but yeah, always. I mean, I'm, I've never been that person that's not going to, you know, uh, listen to someone's music. I don't get inundated like I'm sure Roger does. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, by all means, you know, if you have something you want to send my way, I'm all yours. All right. Well, there, you guys know what handles to send to. And of course, for artists who are hitting up anyone in the media or the industry, I always say, don't feel bad if you don't get a response back. A lot of times we just have crazy inboxes. It's not that your music wasn't heard. Sometimes there just isn't a fit. So I would say some advice on my end is just don't, you know, stalk people when the same person is hitting you over and over and over. You know, you just gotta think about it. How would you feel if someone kind of just kept poking you over and over with the same link? So wow. just be respectful that you have access to these amazing people and, you know, fingers crossed. Like I hope, you know, we can get some uh, some new artists and emerging acts heard because of this Twitch. Yeah. And I will say, you know, like when, if you don't get in contact with like someone like Roger or Tomio or myself, you know, your music, if it if it's able to stand alone, like it will rise to the top. And if it's mm -hmm. amazing that way, you know, we'll we'll hear it. Um, so keep making great music and you know be consistent with that. And you know that's we'll we'll hear it sooner or later for sure. Yeah, that's I great found... advice because I think. Yeah, go ahead. Well, to just uh, quickly, I, I found 2K Baby on Twitter. Just his video was reposted by somebody. No one sent it to me. I hadn't heard his name before. I thought it was great. And then I ended up signing him to the label. I think the majority of artists that I've wrote about and done shows with, it's always been grassroots, word of mouth. Uh, really nobody directly sending me their music at first. And then we establish that relationship. I like your music. And then they'll send it. But I think, too, something emerging artists would be surprised of if your song has like any sort of momentum, if it has like any sort of like upward play count on Spotify, someone at a major label has definitely listened to the song. There's departments at major labels that track the earliest inkling of, you know, that like upward trend. So when you're releasing your music and you're not hearing from anybody, don't uh, be unmotivated because chances are if it's making any sort of noise, somebody's listening. 
Yeah, and that's real. And people don't realize everyone in the industry talks, right? So we don't just talk to other writers. We talk to people at labels, managers. Hey, have you heard of this person? So there's a lot of, you know, the industry co-sign. So if one person, you know, isn't feeling you, they don't get the vision, like don't be, um, you know, discouraged, like keep doing it. At some point, you'll find the right person. And, you know, like Roger said, once you have that upswing and the right people are talking about you in a positive way, I promise everyone, because the industry is like high school and everyone talks to each other all the time. So for sure. Yeah. So, you know, we're gonna close out soon. So everyone, please get your last minute questions. We're gonna try to answer as many as we can. But for each of you, you know, are you optimistic? I mean, right now with such a like crazy time in the industry, not just for our industry, but just the whole world. What do you feel kind of coming out of this? Do you feel good about it that the media landscape and the music industry is going to, you know, get back in the swing of things? Do you think things will change? Overall, just kind of what's your temperature? Are you feeling good? Like, what do you see the future? Georgette, I'll start with you. Uh, I hope that the worst is behind us, you know, with like the number, don't quote me on this, it was like, you know, 26 million people filed for unemployment and you know a lot of media layoffs uh happen so i hope for uh that you know the worst is over and you know once cities and states open back up and you know quarantine is more behind us um i i think that there there will definitely be um you know the moving and shaking going on and we'll we'll get back to business as much as we can you know um roger was speaking before about um, shows and things like that. I, I don't see that happening very soon. I just don't see how it could happen with, uh, you know, coronavirus still <laughs> being so present. Um, but I do see things getting back on track. And I, I think people will just be more appreciative, whether that's like the relationships that they have with people, um, you know, maybe elaborating more together in ways that they didn't think that they could and doing a lot more diy stuff you know i'm sure labels and if they haven't you know maybe they found different ways but you know have equipped their artists to hopefully like have home studios if they haven't and if you're an unsigned artist like you know you don't need a full-blown studio to record music you know you can i mean i'm not the, i don't you don't need to have me say that to you but if you haven't done it you know by all means like you can get the equipment to do it at home. You don't need to spend, you know, all this big money to go to the studios. Everyone's kind of like on this level playing field right now, you know? So I just think uh, we'll defi definitely get through this um, to the other side. You know, I'm super hopeful that the worst is behind us. You know, we're just trying to get back to as much as we can, uh, you know, where we were with changes, you know? It's definitely impacted the music industry as a whole and even things that we may not have thought about prior i'm sure in some way you know it'll trickle down but uh, i'm excited to kind of get back to normal um i don't know about you guys i'm over quarantine already i'm like let's go uh but you know i'm still doing everything i have to social distancing and all that um but yeah i'm i'm optimistic that you know the game is going to get back to where it needs to go you know it's going to take some time but you know um, I always try to think of a positive, so for sure. Yeah, I think the game is always resilient. And, you know, just closing out, Cobra Kid is awesome. Sent a question, what advice do you have people 
for people starting out in the industry. So this can be either for people starting out in the media space, journalists, entrepreneurs, artists. Just quickly before we jump off, G, I'll start with you and then Roger, you can take us out. Quick advice, if you had to give to people during this time, how can they be seen, heard, and just kind of optimize this special and very unique time that we're in? Uh, I think be aware of like the competition, be aware of what's out there, um, see like what voids need to be filled, but then know that like, this is your journey, you're your own talent. Um, you know, what is, what makes you unique amongst everybody else that can help you kind of stand out because, you know, those hundreds of people that Roger is listening to every day and the many people that come into our offices that we have to listen to, you know, sometimes the stories are, are very similar um, at times, but that doesn't mean that they're not unique, you know, in their own way, but, you know, kind of find what is missing and how you can um you know get to get to where you need to and then also you know collaboration is key you don't what we were talking about before like you, you don't need these big names to have to get seen and get heard you know reach out to people don't be afraid because you never know who's going to say yes no no matter who that is whether it's media you know an editor you know if people interested in writing you can always hit me up um you know my social media is is there um but yeah for sure. What about you, Roger? Any advice as we kind of end this session? Yeah, advice for anyone trying to make it in whatever industry, I would say, is just to go out there and take it. Don't wait for anyone to hand you anything because they're not going to. You need to go out there and do it on your own and prove yourself first. And I think, I think like the most important initial step is to try and define what success is to you. When I started Masquerilla in 2009, I remember tweeting and I found the tweet that said, one day I want to start a label, but I have no idea how to do it. And that was my goal from the start is that I wanted to start a label and I slowly chipped away and I slowly, and then 10 years later, thankfully everything has worked out so far and I started a label, but don't compare your progress to anyone else's. Don't compare your success to anyone else. Just stay focused put 100% in, and when you think you're putting 100% in, put in 50% more, because you're probably not putting 100% in, and just effing take it. Just go out there and do it. And I think have just a goal, do it. too. Yeah. yeah, have a goal, and you know, you may think of a million things, or 10 things, but kind of have one goal to focus on, because if you focus on a lot of different things, um, you know, you're not going to be able to put your best foot forward in 10 things, you know, mm -hmm. at least when you're first multitasking at this level, like I've become a master at it. <laughs> it took a long time to get there. <laughs> Facts. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Georgette, Roger, everyone who joined us on the chat and in today's cloud bar. I think this has been some great advice as well as, you know, some key takeaways for people as they're kind of figuring out the media landscape and also just being an artist. So I really appreciate shopping up with you guys and you know, stay tuned everyone for the next program, more great insights and information um, from artists, journalists, and people within the music industry. So thank you guys again and looking forward to the next convo.